0: Welcome to the When to Jump podcast. My name is Mike Lewis. This week's guest, another Mike coming to us from Toronto, Canada. Uh, Mike McDermott, founder, co-founder and CEO of FreshBooks. FreshBooks reaches tens of millions of people worldwide with the product that Mike made out of a need he had and a jump that he made to make this possible. Uh, But more than that, Mike talks about being able to jump uh, without necessarily leaving your job and how FreshBooks does it. I didn't realize this, but FreshBooks is... Uh, consistently rated at the top or near the top uh, of best places to work for companies under a thousand employees. And there's a reason for that. And Mike's got an amazing story about doing less, thinking less, letting his skis take him downhill on a year abroad that would change his life. Not going to give the rest away. For more, we're going to take you there now. My conversation with Mike McDermott. All right, Mike McDermott, Founder, CEO of FreshBooks. Thank you so much for joining me on the When to Jump podcast.
1: Yeah, great to be here.
0: So you are in. How snowy and cold is Canada these days?
1: Oh, um, well, so we're in uh, early December now, and uh, we're we're now. Solidly in, in sub zero temperatures for, uh, or I shouldn't say sub zero because lots of Americans probably have the show, but uh, below freezing <laughs> temperatures, uh, uh, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's just that time of the year.
0: Absolutely. I, uh, I feel like we have a strong Canadian following. Uh, I don't know if this is a flashback for our audience listeners, but in March of this past year or in 2018, depending on when this, this airs, um, I had a, a raspy voice and A ENT on the west coast of Canada wrote me saying, You got to get that checked out, and it ultimately. Is what led me to discovering the polyp that I needed to get removed, so a lot of love to Canada and, uh, and, and the folks on your side of the border are, uh, are good people, so we 're happy to have you on for, for many reasons, wow. but that one especially
1: okay well that's uh, glad you're still with us yeah
0: <laughs> so let's start let's start at the very beginning. Tell us a little bit about your story. I, I want to get to the business you started and the jump you made, but can you tell us about Mike as a kid and, and what what did that look like? Where did you find your first interest?
1: You know, I don't think I was very good at finding my first interests as a kid, uh, and I, I I did try a couple of times. I was, I, I mean, this is going to be so typically Canadian; it's embarrassing, but I was really into uh, to hockey. <laughs> Uh, and I tried to convince my parents to, uh, to let me play and I got a summer job and I made a bunch of money and I was like, I'll pay for the cabs. And they were like, you're our fourth kid. We we don't want to drive you around. Like you're not playing competitively. I I was playing once a week. I wanted to play like three, four. And, um, so I guess that's a bit of a picture for me as a kid, love playing sports. Um, you know, showed up to school every day. Um, you know, not a terrible student, not the best, but, uh, you know, had my friends and played sports and I don't know, pretty, 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 down hopefully down the middle of the fairway very uh, fortunate i think uh to, to have those be the things that uh, characterize my my childhood yeah
0: absolutely and whereabouts was this paint the picture for us
1: oh uh, toronto where i am today so i spent most of my life here about uh, 10 years so uh or so kind of living in other places um but um yeah most of it uh toronto born and raised and running a company here now
0: And what were you, you know, what was your first gig out of school? You said it's down the fairway. Was that also down the fairway?
1: Less so. Uh, so career wise, um, I uh, you know I, I actually I, so I I started off you know my undergraduate uh, education was right down the middle of fairway business school really good business school, and I actually left the program in, in fourth year, um, and I started two businesses, and so my 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 first job I. I um, it was actually, uh, you know, pretty much starting up, working for myself, and helping small businesses build websites and that kind of thing. Uh, and so, my, my story, if you look back at it, is kind of a series of jumps. Uh, so, left, um, left the program, like. You know, it's one of the best business schools in the world. Didn't love it. Uh, ended up, you know, pursuing more of a passion. My degree's actually in English, but I spent three years in the business school and said, you know, bit heck with that. Started two businesses that year. Um, you know, one of them uh, evolved to a point where um, I started uh, building... Websites for people, and uh, and and then I saved over an invoice using Word and Excel to bill my clients, and that's how I started the software business I'm in today. I said there's got to be a better way, so that was you know kind of over ten years ago now. We've been a, a long time at it, but uh, you know over 20 million people have used our software since we started.
0: Wow! And so we're going to get to that point because that is pretty phenomenal. And I actually came across fresh books in my own life uh, while investing and, and doing other stuff, but describe you know i think you glossed over something that's super hard for people to do which is to leave something you're supposed to be doing and that's kind of the point of 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 when to jump and it sounds like if i'm hearing it right that leaving a top notch business school to start not one but a couple companies you know was that as easy as it sounds
1: well sort of um so well, maybe so if i rewind a little more um yeah. I've always kind of, I guess, you know, I found things along the way that I, I, lo- I, I did love doing, like playing sports, being outdoors. So between high school and university, I was a lifty on a ski mountain. I, I took a year off and I, I sort of traveled across the country and helped people get on chairlifts and there was night skiing there. So I skied every night. I skied every lunch, my days off. I tried to ski four days, work four days. So I was skiing three days. I, I just loved it. And um, uh, then going back to undergrad uh, working with a whole bunch of people who were like really keen was, was a challenge for me. <laughs> because it was such a culture change and i had i had kind of started finding my my own way uh, i think you know my high school uh, career was sort of characterized by doing what i thought i should do um and um you know i think going on that road trip and being a lifty was the start of you know sort of saying hey this is very different it's closer to me deciding what i want to do but i had already accepted this uh this you know this business school program um so i went back there i remember calling my dad um in the first you know term and being like you know i just i don't know about this business school program and he literally was like michael is it really so hard <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I just, I was like, fine, you know, and I just, because uh, no, it wasn't that hard. I just wasn't into it, right? I just, and I wasn't doing it for my myself. And so, you know, I kind of did it for three years and, and then I was like, wow, I'm just... It's, you know, it's just not I'm just not into it. So uh ended up leaving fourth year. I didn't leave to start two businesses. I just leave to get left to get out of that program because it was just, you know, it felt like I was like in a factory to build middle managers uh, inside like, you know, sort of consumer packaged goods companies or banks. And, you know, I that wasn't who I was. And so I think I think for me that, you know, the places where it's been easier for me to make a change is when I like I feel like it's not me. <laughs> Right, um, and that's. I mean, it took me a while to get there, but now I'm I'm way more, uh, you know, sort of deliberate about that and, and comfortable making a change when it's like, hey, tried it, you know, doesn't I don't fit this shirt, so let's just forget it and get back on a track where I love doing what I'm doing.
0: Well, it's so funny because it goes back to this tiny little decision, which isn't tiny, but somewhat innocuous to take some time off and go skiing. That then led to this. this it was this ripple to like all these other things that came after and. I found that certainly, like I left my job in venture capital, as everyone probably has heard me say before and knows the story, but I I left to go play pro squash. I thought it'd be for a few months. And yet when you come back from that, even, and, and I would challenge our listeners, if there's a way to like take a day off, you know, in, in your month or even in your year to like go do something you're interested in or use your vacation time to take an untraditional break or like you know, someone emailed today wanting to become a baker really badly. Like, go, if you go spend a week at a bakery and then you go back to what you're doing, it creates this A B contrast where you're like, "Oh, like this isn't the only thing I can be doing to spend time." And it sounds like maybe that's what skiing led to you.
1: Yeah, I, I think you can become beholden to how you think the the world is, and you just gotta you do need to change it up. And so, um, yeah, I think skiing it was a very different lifestyle. Kind of um, let me sort of be less, you know, you're on a pretty, I mean, growing up, if you're going to school and you're contributing and you're part of like, I was, you know, playing on five sports teams and, and, you know, like a class class, prefect and all, like, it was a pretty straight and narrow path. You're busy every day working. And so, you know, having a little more unstructured time, I think would be not only doing something different, but like, um, uh, yeah, like a very different structure, like change the structure, you know, uh, I, I think sort of gets you out of your, your current headspace and gets you challenging some of the things you, you know, that the unappreciated constraints you impose on yourself.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the hardest thing is that I think we want to structure everything. You want to structure how, how you're going to develop, how, when you will meet people, how you do this. And it's like, can you structure some unstructured chaos to happen or, or just change, right? Yep. Were there any ruminations on any ski lifts or night skiing, which I must admit I've never actually heard of. I'm, I'm not a huge skier, but that's pretty wild. Uh, was there any like, special things you think back to that, that became salient points in your memory?
1: Well, I'm going to be honest. And I think, um, you know, maybe there's some, some goodness in this for others, but like, I think it was a great period of not thinking, right? Like it was, I was just going down the hill. How fast can I go? Right. Um, And these, these are mountains and like Rocky mountains. It was actually the largest uh, night skiing terrain in North America. So it it, it was, it was a blast, Um, but it was, it was learning how to ski, Right, uh, which was a whole lot. I've got a sign up behind me here, I don't know if you can read it, but uh steeper steeper runs make better skiers, and I, that's just my belief, and I think it's germane to some of this stuff. I think sometimes you get stuck in stuff where you feel like you just stop growing and what have you, and so it was a completely different thing, but I was really pushing myself to be a better skier, uh you know challenging myself, and that was that was actually a source of growth in that time, and I think you know, that kind of gave me a, a different kind of energy and, and got me learning different things and basically changing. Like, you, you know, your mind gets working in a certain sort of like, you know, treadmill or I, I forget that thing. And uh, when you walk in a circle, uh, there's like, like the millstone or something. I, I don't know what it is, but um, any, a, anything you, well, that works too. There's a whole bunch of analogies. There's a, anyways, the, the point is um, anything you can do to kind of break that up is, is generally good for rethinking some of these things.
0: Got it. So you, so you come back and you ultimately leave it. You you corrected me. You didn't leave to say, I need to start something. You left because that wasn't what you wanted to be doing. How, how, how did that feel?
1: Um, I was pr- pretty fed up at that point. And I, I think this notion of like, I was mostly op- building a list of things I didn't like. like you got to remember, I mean, many of you listening to the show are probably more adult than I was at that time. So I'm like, you know, Nineteen twenty through, through, you know, some of these, these periods. So there's a a development uh, exercise. And so I was, you know, almost as much as anything that time building a list of things I didn't like doing with no clear sense of what I did want to do. And I think when I bump into people who are uncertain about what they want to do, it's just like, just go try something else, right? Just put yourself in another environment, like just start, right? Just start. And you know, if you're stuck, go start something else and give yourself the option to change it in like three months. Like you don't have to make the like, I think sometimes when you come up to a decision, you feel like that decision needs to last you for the rest of your life. And frankly, it doesn't, right? You can, you can change your mind again. Um, But my guess is every time you do, based on what you learn, you're going to get closer and closer to doing what you want to do.
0: Absolutely. And that's a great point. I want to hone in there because I think, again, it it breaks up this existential, massive, meaty, weighty burden of like, what is my purpose on life and and breaks down into something much simpler. Uh, are there ways, you know, people can do that? And I know a lot of folks that reach out to us on the show, we, you know, we hear kind of like the, where do I start or, or how do you kind of break things down? Or, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, I mean, that's not a bad one. Maybe that's the best I'm going to come up with today, which is like, when you think about whatever that next thing is, like, let yourself off the hook for having it be perfect. Yeah. Right? Like, maybe you know enough to know you want to change something, then don't expect perfection on your next change, right? Uh, And accept that you're going to start a journey, but that journey will probably be very rewarding. And you should enjoy the journey. And if you can get into that kind of a mindset, then you're probably going to find your way to to what it is that's you know really got you uh, you know engaged all the time.
0: So bring it back to the Mike McDermott jump story. You can you take us back to that where you were, and maybe what you had done right prior, just for context, so you had touched on it from when the fresh books kind of the aha moment came up with that invoice.
1: Well, yeah, we, we, we certainly go back there. And I think, you know, it may even be more interesting for some folks is, um, well, anyway, so let's do that. Let's do that. So- Well, uh, no, you know, what's more interesting for well, some folks? You know this story better I, than I me. I think, you know, those are kind of, I feel like those are decisions and jumps you make in your like early to mid-20s, and they're hard for, for those reasons. I think there's other uh, career ones that get that get more, more challenging over over time. And so I, I've, I mean, I've seen some interesting, like, I, I think I'm somebody who likes the jump who likes the uncertainty and yet I've been in my current role for over 10 years. So maybe, yeah, maybe these things aren't, uh, uh, you know, like maybe there's some weirdness there. So, um, Uh, I guess I I can offer up sort of two stories uh, that I think about a lot when I think about this kind of thing. Um, You know, the first is this, uh, I I just, my first two clients for my basically web design and and business were um, small business owners. And um, I very, I mean, I'm still in touch with them. They're great folks. Um, But what was interesting was I saw, I was their partner helping them grow their businesses. And in both cases I saw them, um, walk up to the line on a change to grow their businesses um, that would have involved some risk, right? So it's like, I was watching somebody else deal with this and, and both of them decided "Ah, it's too big a risk. I'm going to stay put. And they stayed inside their thing. And I share this to say like, Hey, you may be thinking about making a change. You may, part of you might be saying I'm a bad person. If I don't like, I just want to say to anybody who's listening there, like, maybe it's okay for you to stay. And, you know, like, why why do you feel like you have to change, right? Uh, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And those businesses are, you know, still operational. Those folks are great, many happy customers, et cetera. So I, I was much more on the, you know, like, hey, what's, what's behind door B? Uh, you know, and I think then I'd, I'd switch into my career at FreshBooks. Um, so I started a professional services firm. We built, you know... Websites for other people. We serve them. I accidentally saved over an invoice. Said there's got to be a better way. We built a really easy to use invoicing and accounting software uh, for for folks like us, businesses who invoice. Um, and uh, you know, been at it for over a decade, and started having to learn. Um, there, there have been a whole bunch of jumps at, as an entrepreneur, and I, I find that a lot of fun. So, I, I you know I think the people who have successful careers, I think a question to ask is, hey, is there a jump inside the firm I am at today? Yes. Or you know like how would I challenge myself as an athlete? to, you know, sometimes you get to think there's a block there, but sometimes you're just not asking a big enough question or finding, you know, a way to like, you know, what if, you know, I feel blocked because I'm running, you know, my 400 and I don't know, I don't really know the times well, let's say it's 50 seconds or something like that. Um, You know, and I'm trying to get to 49, maybe, maybe you gotta try and get to like 44. Right. And then it it gets you thinking about a whole bunch of different stuff. And I think, um, I think that urge to make a jump you know, I, I think is is really comes from like not being challenged and not being fulfilled. And I, you know, I think sometimes it's a quick and easy thing to say, hey, I'm going to go on, join another team or do something else entirely. And this may be at odds with the whole show. But I guess my question would be like, how do you get on a learning track? How do you take on something that you don't think you can do, whether it's inside your role or maybe, geez, maybe you need the fulfillment outside of work, but you got to push yourself, right? Like, you know, getting comfortable, you know, hey, if you can do your job or whatever it is that you're doing today, like that's a problem if you ask me, right? Like you you need to figure out how it is you're doing something that you don't know how to do. Uh, Because without that, you know, know, I'll just speak for myself and say, um, life's not very interesting.
0: I think that's, I mean, in in folks who are, regulars to the show will know I, I believe that fully there's so many you know we started talking to companies and organizations about this because it's so interesting I I actually don't think most people want to you know pull the plug on their their job and, and that company maybe the job and the role but perhaps not leave the company and it's these micro changes but I, I think you're right the result is the same if you're not if you're starting to flatline if you're starting to kind of kind of lose steam and and feel like every day looks like the one before it for most folks, over time that that becomes the thing, but that becomes the, the you know the, the the slight nudge to do something different, but the, the jump doesn't have to be leaps and bounds away from from where you are, right? I
1: I think you have more control over that sense of things than, than you think, right? Like, I think you can, you know, I I find sometimes when I, when I'm feeling, you know, less motivated than I like, you know, I I often turn to things like podcasting to inspire me, right? It's like, Hey, learn something new, get in someone else's head for a little while. And, and it's amazing the effect that that can have. Right. Uh, And so that's not you know, it's like, I think sometimes we look in the wrong places for what the jump is, right? Like it's, you know, you, you, you're, you're thinking about it, like there's only one way to think about the jump, but maybe there's some rearranging of the pieces that actually gets you what you're hunting. And so I think it's probably not helping people necessarily. It's like, oh, there's more options here, but I, I think there are, right? Like when you think about like, I, I'm not, uh, you know, it's like I'm not spiritual, but there are other folks who are more spiritual. But if you think about, you know, like some of the, like, I don't know, like Buddhism or something like this, like, you know, there's, there is unlimited potential to to feel and be a, a certain way in all of us. I, I do believe that. And so I think you have, I think people have more responsibility uh, for finding that within themselves and within their surroundings than, um, you know, than you know, hey, I'm just going to switch my surroundings. Like I, said. So I feel like that's the easy way out. Well, it's
0: like the difference of just taking ownership, right? And and we talked, I talked to uh a, a head of HR of a really big company, and they were like, What when to jump does, hopefully, if, but we, we try to, is it's kind of put the onus back on you to say, All right, well, what is the thing change you're trying to make? Because you can't, it's a difference between you taking on life versus life just kind of happening to you. I think it's a way to think of it.
1: Okay. Be- better said. Shorter, too. Well,
0: well, I've been thinking about this stuff for a while, but. Um, no, I like your point. What things did you do? You know, you said you've jumped a lot within FreshBooks. You've been there 10 years.
1: Well, yeah, I think um, maybe it's the entrepreneurial itch and impatience and all these things. But I'll just give you, you know, I think there've been a series of points in time where we've we've taken various jumps. But one of the most interesting one was we decided to sort of rewrite and rebuild and replatform our whole product. Uh, and for those who, who don't know much about that, in the software business, that's like not advisable, um, but there, there are times when uh, you know it's the thing to do. And and um, what was uh, particularly interesting about our approach was we actually ended up uh, creating a secret. But like we created a created our own competitor uh, to test out the new platform and, and built it all there. Uh, and so um, we competed with ourselves ultimately, and we had a whole bunch of good business reasons to like create another company, build our new offering there, not let anybody know it was us, and then uh, sort of bring it back as us when, when the time came. Um, so that was a novel approach. But what was interesting about the whole notion of replatforming is, um, you know, that was a jump inside, <laughs> right? Like we could have said, hey, to get to the next level, we have to, I don't know, sell the company to, you know, like, I I don't know what, but instead we said, hey, how do we How do we think about rebuilding this whole thing? And what that led to, which is fun, this gets meta for a second, like that ended up putting a whole bunch of people on their own, like, oh my God, I don't know how we're going to do this path. So I got to watch like all these people's heads exploding, you know, trying to solve a problem, you know, like I'll tell you, it is a very complicated thing. Like we have a, you know, millions of people using your software and you can build this other new thing. Somehow you're going to recreate and try and make it better than the thing that got you to million, millions of people. And then you got two of them and you got to figure out how to get one people to the next. Anyways, I don't want to go too far down that path. But but what was fascinating about it was that watching the people who are leading that change have to rethink and unthink everything they'd ever done before. And it was kind of like probably the cha- most challenging career problem they had ever had. And what I loved about that was I think you know it was during that period that we achieved like max human like potential to to realization inside the company, right, like people, the performance of people and uh what was sort of beyond anything they would you know have as normal output even if they were high achievers because because it pushed them to that that next thing, and I think it was the jump and the uncertainty with how to get there to to do that um anyways bit a bit of a ramble, but like. I guess it just goes back to like taking on a problem that you don't know how to solve and what the, what the upsides are for you on growth. And, and, uh, it's a different kind of jump.
0: No, totally. And I think it's also, like you said, a meta point where you, you get people to think back and, and, or even step back and say, you know, you're questioning your assumptions, you're questioning why you're doing something. And I think that is like such a huge takeaway. A lot of us, including myself, we get into the systems where we just keep going and, when you keep going, it, you burn, you burn out, you get bored, you think about doing something different. And so that, that is a, I think that's a very real way to jump really as an, from an organizational level rather than just even as a person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is maybe a misdirection or what have you, but I, I, what I found fascinating about that period was like my job became, cause I wasn't actually doing the stuff. I was like, kind of designed it, like supported it and then I like, okay, make it happen. Right. And I'm watching people live it and try to do it. My, my job became helping people unlearn things, right? Like, you know, that notion of like so much of us is unlearning, unlearning about ourselves. Like there's, you know, unlearning about what our role is, what our, like, there's so much to unlearn. Uh, it's staggering.
0: Well, it also, that, that, that goes exactly to your point of earlier of, of not, of doing less, thinking less, being on the slopes and getting down the hill. It's like, the theme here, it feels like is like turning off rather than trying to overpower yourself, right?
1: Yeah, what a problem, you know. Th- the fastest I can, I just kind of, I think about it for a bit. And if I haven't solved it, like park it, right? You want to get to your subconscious. You want to get to, um, you know, some nonlinear way to look at it. And probably some, you know, like, you know, my mind will repeat itself <laughs> left to its own devices. So how, how do you break that cycle?
0: The question I have is that now, you know, Freshbooks has gone from a a uh, a solution that you developed to meet a very personal need to to something that you described as reaching tens and tens of millions of people yet you have these real and I appreciate the honesty the, these times as a company as a leader where you could think okay how do we keep jumping you know what uh what do you ask yourself when you think of you know how to how to stay on that you know, is, it a, is that a cultural piece, I guess I'm saying? Is it, how, do you, how do you make sure that the, that the culture remains one where you do question the assumptions going forward as you grow, as you reach more people? Because it seems like that's critical.
1: Um, you know, t- t- Tough question to answer. Um, you know, to give like a relatively simple attempt at answering it, I- I'd say, hey, it has a lot to do with the people that you hire. Um, I-, I think in particular, we really do work at hiring people who are self-aware. Um, because without some level of self-awareness, you're not even going to realize that you're stuck in a pattern, right? Like you got to, and then to be able to adjust it and manage yourself and others through that. So I think that, you know, that self-awareness and the ability to communicate or, you know, have a lot of common sense maybe, or things that I, I don't take for granted. And we we really try to build a culture of people who possess those, those capabilities who are open to change and, you know, uh, can see within themselves the gap between, where we want to be and where they might be uh, and the, th- the things they need to marshal uh, in themselves to, to get from here to there. Uh, and that's not easy. Um, we're values based organization, you know, one of our values is change. Right. Um, you know, and, and the belief that change it's basically written as like, you know, we believe change brings learning, growth and progress. And, um, So I think that, that, that is, you know, that kind of environment is, um, you know, is conducive to, to, to keeping it up. Um, but, uh, you know, who knows, we'll see.
0: When people want to change and that means possibly leaving, how do you, how do you approach that?
1: Yeah, as a founder, I've always kind of struggled, uh, you know, with that, right? Like I, it's a personal attack any <laughs> time somebody goes. You know, you feel that way. I hate, I hate losing people. I'm getting a lot better about it now. Like that's, um, you know, it's, uh, I recognize like some of our best people are only here for a short time. You know, we benefit from their contribution and it's, you know, could be, you know, I don't know, 24 months, but they, they make a big difference and we're better off because they're here. And so I think it's about bringing people into your orbit uh, and, you know, uh, benefiting from them and, and being grateful to them and, and sending them, you know, sort of hopefully on their way and where they get something too, right? They're coming and make a big contribution, but they're leaving with, with something as well. And I think that's kind of a little more of the social contract today uh, with folks. Um, Yeah.
0: And it's also, you know, you have to uh, buy what you're selling around this idea that you might not, you know, as you as a person might not do something forever and that's okay. And you have to respect that when it's on the other end, right?
1: Sure. And, and, and I think it also goes like, hey, and the way that I've sort of have those folks go is like to make sure things are changing and are moving, right? Um, I actually think for certain folks and the kinds of folks we largely want, like the rate of change is, is, is actually a critical thing.
0: Do you have processes in place? How do you implement that within the company? Or is it just the values that you espouse to make sure that managers are thinking of change or how do you?
1: Yeah. um, So I think there's different kinds of change. Um, You know, there's like a small C change and then like, Major replatforming, existential change, and um, you know I think you have, have to have a little of each kind of um, probably not transformational change every day, right? Most of the change is going to be inside the small c and, and what have you. Some of it's just internal to people within themselves, within their roles. Like there's, I mean, it's if you really kind of look at all the change, like it's you know could like add it up and see it all. It it is sort of staggering when you think about all the the people involved. Um, so in in terms of process. Um, you know, we just try and make sure that people are challenged, right? That's, that it kind of starts there. Um, and so we run kind of, you know, sort of like things where we're asking, like, and especially with our, you know, sort of, uh, key, you know, key folks is like, Hey, are they, are they, are they challenged enough? Right. Um, cause I, I would expect somebody to be going if they're not right. Uh, and then, so I think that's a, a key thing. And then, you know, I have this, um, Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's pretty standard stuff. It's just hard to do it well, right? And it's hard to ensure you have managers who are in tune with that and actually thinking about that versus their own stuff. Like, how are you thinking about your people? Do you know what their next project is? So, being deliberative around, can people see... I was actually talking to somebody today. Let's talk about how we're we're failing on this. Like, this really successful team just launched something. And they're like, isn't this great? I'm celebrating them. And they're like, yep, it's amazing. We're super pumped. What's next? And I'm like how is it we haven't told you what's next like oh my god now i'm terrified i got a whole team of people who like i like that to me is like attrition waiting to happen right um you know you got to lay that out so we do try to be deliberate of like hey one thing after another um but there are times when <laughs> clearly that doesn't happen though so, uh you know anyways i'll be tending to that after uh, after this <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, hopefully this has been a little jump in your day where you get to stand back and, you know, maybe get a break from a lot of these these pieces that, you know, you get to go back to.
1: It, so. It's all good. Yeah.
0: And that is actually an interesting point on the manager side, right? Like, I think you have to, I, I weigh this a lot. There's a push and pull where you want your employee who's in sales to, to go do, you know, learn how to do finance if they want to be on the finance team. But that sales manager might not want to leave, you know, let this great salesperson go, right? they then it's a different type of understanding, not just from, you know, your direct reports and employees, but also the senior managers have to understand that this is, this is something you believe in, right?
1: Yeah. There's, there's no, you you, you don't own that person, right? Um, Maybe there's a conversation where like, Hey, there's a couple things I could use you for one more quarter, but it's up to them. You got to recognize that people need to be able to, there's, that is like, you know, that is, that is just short term, ultimately a very short term kind of thinking. Yeah,
0: so as we go into the final sprint here, or last lap, or whatever running analogy you want to use, what would you tell others who are listening to this? Uh, you know, what what would if you were having a beer with someone or or a coffee uh, somewhere near your office on the snowy day in Toronto, and they were saying, "Hey, I'm thinking of making this jump," or "I'm not, I'm not necessarily so happy doing what I'm doing." You know, what would you tell them?
1: Um, well, I'd probably come out it a couple ways. I'd probably seek to understand like, you know, what's, what's gnawing at you, right? And then like, what is some way to get a taste of whatever it is you think you're missing? Like some simple way, right? Could be listening to a podcast. It could be reading a book. It could be going somewhere and experiencing something. Like just, you know, try, try and get a, a, a flavor of it. But, you know, I, 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 and then I think i go with the other thing, which we touched on a little earlier, which is like, you know, just, hey, like just don't expect to get it right. And that's okay, right? Um, if you are going to make a change, or if you're going to stay, like just unburden yourself of the judgment. Uh, if you know, I, I feel like a lot of people get stuck in this stuff because part of it's just them judging themselves. Not always the case, but uh, you know, sometimes the case. So it's like, hey, are you, are you, you know, sufficiently uh, accepting of the fact that you're here, and that that's okay? Um, and that's that's pretty hard for some folks.
0: Totally. Mike McDermott, co-founder and CEO of FreshBooks. Where can people find out more about FreshBooks, about your story, everything else?
1: Uh, uh, Please do come and uh, visit us at at freshbooks.com. If you invoice, you need FreshBooks. You can get it going with a free trial there. Our story's there. You can find out how to reach me uh, if that's interesting to you too.
0: Thank you so much for joining me on the When to Jump podcast and uh, appreciate the candor you bring to the show. Thanks for having me. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Mike. Very interesting guy. Definitely check out FreshBooks.com. Uh, it's one of those uh, those companies that that is values first, and I think that's what we're seeing more and more of today. If you've got ideas on uh, your own way to lead or culture that you've seen as uh, receptive to jumping internally, just like FreshBooks promotes, please let us know. Reach out whentojump.com. Follow us on social at whentojump across social media. Uh, it's, uh it's, a, it's such a, such a prevalent and, and relevant topic right now. That'll do it for now. My name is Mike Lewis, and I will see you next week. Hi, I'm Mike Lewis, and I host a podcast called When to Jump. For years, I dreamed of playing the professional squash tour. The problem is when you become an adult, no one really tells you when to go do what you love. So I reached out to other people who had made their own big career jumps. And I asked these people how they knew they were ready. And what I found was that no one regretted the decision to jump. On my show, When to Jump, you can hear those inspiring conversations, learn from amazing innovators like Sheryl Sandberg, Ariana Huffington, Seth Godin, and more. So give it a listen, Find when to jump wherever you get your podcasts.